Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Glad to have you with us today on this fantastic day. And thank you again for supporting Health Masters. And be sure to check out the product of the week with the N-acetylcysteine on sale right now on the website at healthmasters.com. So be sure to check that out along with all the other sales we have on there, including <laughs> Sleep Like a Baby Kit, lots of different products, lots of different stuff we've been working on. So be sure to keep an eye on the website and updates. And please sign up for our free weekly newsletter. We send emails out daily with different kinds of specials, updates, and the show link so you can have those sent right to your email every day. And the first thing that I saw this morning, and I'm sure a few of you may have already seen it now, and we were expecting this, and we had called it out literally. Dad and I called this out years ago, what, two and a half years ago now, when they started to push the COVID shot on everyone and eventually tried to talk about the shot for the kids, which was completely and totally unnecessary. The CDC has now fully formalized current recommendations for the COVID vaccination for children. This is sad, and this is something that I knew was going to happen. It says for children, the CDC recommends that healthy children six months to four years old receive their primary series of two doses of Moderna or Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine, followed by a third dose of a bivalent vaccine. This is in the childhood shot schedule now. Children once age 5 to 12 will receive another two doses of Moderna or Pfizer, followed by, again, a bivalent shot. Kids 12 and up should get two doses of Moderna, Pfizer, or Novavax, followed by a bivalent booster shot. Pediatrician vaccines, they said, are smaller than adult vaccines. In all cases, the CD recommends that children receive the dose appropriate for their I can't I mean I honestly don't have a lot to say that I can really say much about this without getting extremely angry the very fact that this is even an open discussion that this was actually something that they did I need you to mute your mic real quick for me but um, the fact that they actually are acting like this is okay remember there has been zero zero testing with the COVID shot in conjunction with all the other shots that they already give the children on an unbelievably toxic cocktail every couple months of the beginning phase. I've told you guys the beginning series when they go in with the four month and the six month, and it just goes on and on and on and on and on. Now let's go ahead and start dropping in the COVID shot and the bivalent booster shot, which isn't even tested at any aspect of long-term effectiveness or safety at all. Remember, they got that approved by the FDA by simply saying, this is the bivalent shot. We have papers here that show it kind of works. The FDA says, totally cool. We don't need any long-term research. We don't need any long-term safety because it's a bivalent shot, and technically it's the same shot. You guys tested it out on some mice, and it showed good degree of safety. So, Go ahead for it. Start injecting all these kids. And this is what the overall goal is. I told you that from the very beginning because, remember, now Pfizer has a guaranteed increase in their money stream every single year by having millions of children. Hopefully, I hope it's not that high, personally. I hope most parents decline out of this. I have good friends of ours that they've had two kids now, and one of them's five, six months old, and I've talked to them. They were, they were doing shots at first, and they're – little baby boys like six months old now after his fourth month shots he's got 
I mean, just unbelievably sick. Got RSV, couldn't get over it, still coughing in his lungs. And finally, I told him not too long ago, I said, when are you guys going to stop doing this? And finally, they said now, they said, well, we, we've, this is it now. We're done. We're going to start. We're going to push it off. And because at first they said, well, what happens when he tries to get in, you know, to school when he's five years old? And I said, what happens? I said, you go down to the health department with your birth certificate for them and you say, I need a religious exemption. I said, we're in one of the greatest states in the country. I said, you don't have to explain to yourself why you don't want the kids to continue to get injected with toxic shots. You don't have to explain yourself. That is a approval that you should be able to get anywhere in the state of Florida. You simply have a religious exemption. That's it. They can't question you what it is. You don't have to explain to them. You don't have to write them out a paragraph. You don't have to give them a summary. It's like I've said before. Somebody asks you a question about something with a firearm, you say it's for any lawful purpose. That's it. You don't have to elaborate on it. Why in the world are you giving anybody more information than they need? And this is something you have to remember when you start – when we're getting into this medical tyranny realm now of what we're seeing. This is pure pharmacia at a sadistic, satanic level in my opinion. What they have been doing with these shots with these young children is not for health. It's not for safety, and by sure as heck, it's not for protection. That's very, very clear now. When you start seeing incidents on the VAERS report where a six-month-old baby that gets all of his seven booster shots, whatever garbage they had listed in, including the flu shot, and they added the COVID shot in there, and he dies from cardiac arrest five days later in his crib – you got to start kind of questioning what in the world is really going on and why is nobody starting to open their eyes. The difference is that is what we're doing here on this show to continue to wake people up the best we possibly can. Ironically enough about this now, a article that was published and written by Anthony Fauci, David Morris, and Jeffrey Taubenberger that was released on January 11, 2023. This is interesting I saw because it's got zero coverage. The title of it, it was posted on Cell Host and Micro, and Anthony Fauci was the lead author on this. And the title of it was Rethinking Next Generation Vaccines for Coronaviruses, Influenza Viruses, and Other Respiratory Viruses. And what's funny about this, and not in funny haha, but it's an ironic way, here, the summary of it right here says viruses that replicate in the human respiratory system without infecting systematically, including influenza A, SARS-CoV-2, coronaviruses, RSV, other common colds, cause significant mortality and are important public health concerns. Because these viruses generally do not elicit complete and durable protective immunity by themselves, they have not to date been effectively controlled by licensed or experimental vaccines either. <laughs> in this review, we examine challenges that have impeded development of effective respiratory vaccines, emphasizing all of these viruses replicate rapidly. And then it goes on to say here how they're going to develop. It says, we discuss approaches to developing next-generation vaccines against these viruses. Now, here's the thing about this is they're saying right here that the vaccines blatantly it says right here <laughs> that there has not to date been effectively controlled by licensed or experimental vaccines. They say it right here, meaning they're admitting in this article that the vaccine did not do anything. It did not effectively control or mitigate the virus whatsoever. Yet everybody's still continuing being told to get the shot. How does this work? We have an article from Anthony Fauci that says they have not to date been effectively controlled by licensed or experimental vaccines, talking about the coronavirus. 
But yet we have the CDC now saying that children at six months have to start getting the experimental COVID gene therapy shot that up to date has not effectively controlled by a licensed or experimental vaccine on, a, on the virus. So which one is it, Anthony Bobblehead Fauci? Is it the vaccine doesn't work because it doesn't, as we've clearly seen? Or are we just now routinely giving this to young children to experiment on them to see how sick we can make them? Because clearly something is wrong. It's not working. It's been incredibly effective at killing people from the very beginning, as we said it would. But yet it's on the childhood shot schedule now. This is some of the most convoluted, corrupt nonsense I've ever witnessed in my life. I never thought we would reach a point at this time. Realistically, with the U.S. government, with an alphabet agency like the CDC that's telling everyone they need to have their children injected with experimental gene therapy because, well, we said it's for their safety and protection. Remember, children have a 99.9997% survival rate from COVID. The death rate of children with COVID was virtually zero. The reports during COVID over a two-year span, there was like 212 deaths related to COVID with those children. And I was hard-pressed to find any of them, any of them in the entire country out of 330 million people that those children actually died from COVID and not with COVID. I remember one of them that I read a report, the child had a fever, and he passed out in a bathtub, and he ended up drowning in a bathtub by himself because he had a fever from COVID. Well, that was clearly, as they put down, a COVID death, according to them, even though it was a sad, sad tragedy. This child died and drowned. Horrific. But yet he didn't die from COVID. He drowned because he wasn't being supervised in the bathtub. This is the manipulation that they have done year after year after year so they could justify releasing this shot onto the young children and, in my opinion, change and alter who they actually are. Because remember, we're just seeing a tip of the iceberg from the side effects from people that got the shot at the end of 2020, beginning of 2021. I'm, we're, we're just starting to see that from the pilots and the doctors and all the other individuals in the sports arenas that have been having health issues. What's going to happen in two to three years when these young children that have not even developed an immune system, what kind of side effects are they going to start exhibiting from this? Well, I think it's pretty clear. You're going to start seeing this happen all over the world, the same thing that happened to adults, except you're going to start seeing it happen with children. This is so important. Continue to educate your friends, your family, especially your loved ones that have kids, and encourage them, do not go along with this madness. This is sick at the highest level. There is no justification to this, and it needs to be exposed. Also, to another news, apparently, we have now reached a point as well where we have such a desperate, failing, pathetic, insolvent government. This is exactly what it looks like now. The IRS has now issued a new tip reporting program. Oh, yeah. The U.S. Treasury Department and the IRS have now issued proposed guidance for tip reporting between the agency and employers and service industries, according to Notice 2023-13, which was issued by the IRS on February 6th. The proposed revenue procedure will establish a service industry tip compliance agreement program, a SITCA, to leverage advancements in point-of-sale time and attendance systems and payment settlement methods to improve tip reporting compliance. The IRS noted this new program will lower taxpayer and administrative burdens. Really? So this is what an insolvent, desperate government looks like. Now they are literally putting together a Sitka program. This is designed to go in now and make employers actually force 
their employee waitresses and waiters to divulge how much they've gotten in tips via cash. They already do this with point of sale on credit cards. They already roll that into your overall revenue, and then you get your W-2 or your 1099 from the restaurant. I worked in the restaurant back in the day. Most of it was cash, but credit card tips were still a thing. They want now to force the employees and the waitresses and the waiters to be involved in a program where they have to divulge how much cash they got in tips so IRS can get their cut out of the pie. Now, I watched an article from uh, Spike Cohen earlier, who's a hard libertarian. I respect his opinion on a lot of stuff. I don't agree with him on everything, but he's very valid on a lot of stuff. And he said there's a very simple way around this from the community and from the American populace to stop trying to redirect the beast and to starve the beast. And he said is to simply do this. If you're out at a restaurant and the bill comes in, a lot of times people put credit – they put rather their bill on credit cards you know, because they can get – you know, different points or rewards or whatever. If you pay with cash, that's fantastic. He said, but always on the receipt, put zero dollars on the receipt for the tip. And he said, personally hand the waiter or waitress their tip and tell them it is a gift. You cannot tax a gift and small gifts cannot be required to be declared. You tell them this is not a tip. This is a gift. I'm giving you a $20 gift for this $100 meal that you've served me with so incredibly well. I appreciate your service. Do not continue to feed this beast. This is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life now where they're going to try to force, force employers and waitresses and waiters to divulge how much cash they got on tips. This is why I've told you repeatedly, make sure you keep cash alive because I've already done this many times when I've gone out. Even if I pay on a credit card, I will always, almost always try to pay in cash as far as for a tip, especially if it's a good server and waitress. Now, if it's something small and the service wasn't good, I'm like, whatever. You know, and I'll give them a small tip and be done with it. But I was a waiter in college. I know what it's like in the service industry. So when I see somebody that provides excellent service, I always try to take care of them very, very generously. And cash is king. And the more you use cash, the more you tip with cash, the more you give gifts with cash, the more you keep this industry alive and the more you keep it out of the hands of the unbelievably tyrannical desperate, pathetic, insolvent government that we now have going after waitresses and waiters to try to get their extra pound of flesh while you see companies like Amazon and all these other individuals. What does Nike do? Nike sets up companies in another country. They run the credit card terminals through different islands like the Caymans. They don't pay any taxes on any of this stuff. They continually go around the system because they know how to go around the system. Yet you don't see anything going on or any reports of IRS going in and auditing these companies. Why? Because the same companies that work with IRS are the same ones that own Nike, like BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard. They're all interconnected. That's why IRS doesn't touch their own. That's why you don't hear about IRS going in and doing some massive forensic audit into Amazon. Why? Because they don't do that to their friends. This is the thing that everybody has to realize. The government is not your friend. It is not your pal. It is not good for you. They don't care about you. They don't like you. All they're trying to do is figure out how to extract their pound of flesh out of everyone while keeping them as sick as possible. Now, that is a very grim, very dark way to look at what the government has turned into. But once you blue pill that and once you understand that we have a giant matrix that we're in in order to keep people you know, dumbed down and focused on the stuff they don't need to focus on so they can continue to lie to everyone – I was over at our friend's house last night, real good friends of ours, and we were having a discussion on that whole thing with the, the balloon popping up. 
And I said the balloon was two things. I said it was A, to make a joke out of the United States that allegedly this was a Chinese you know, surveillance balloon that was allowed to cross the entire continental United States before it was shot down, which I don't even believe. But that was the narrative, which made the United States a complete and total laughing joke to the rest of the world. And I said, secondly, it was a big distraction to keep everybody staring at the sky. So nobody wants to talk about what's been going on with, I guess, the thousands of classified documents that alleged Biden has or his massive corrupt dealings with his son in Ukraine with bioweapon labs and the money laundering scheme that is going on currently in Ukraine right now or any of the other things that are going on with this COVID RNA shot continually every single week. It feels like something comes out. Don't look at anything that's going on over there. Stare at the balloon and drool on yourself because remember, that's that's China spying on you. That's why we're letting it cross the entire country. The whole story is complete and total sham. This is why they keep lying to everyone on every single mainstream media outlet. This is why they're now allowing sport betting legal in almost every single state. This is why they're continually building as many distractions as they can to keep people from actually talking about what's going on. While the IRS now says we're coming out with a service industry tip compliance agreement program to try to force waitresses and waiters to get their extra pennies out of them so we can tax them because, you know, remember, you got to pay your fair share, guys. We don't want anybody actually making any money. Well, except for BlackRock, State Street and Vanguard and Amazon and all the other massive corporations, they they can make all the money they want. But, you know, the peasants aren't allowed to make money. This is what happens in a tyrannical society. And this is what happens when you see a failing government. They continually crack down further and further and further and further to try to expand to get every dime they can. You saw this. After the French Revolution, when they started going in and they started just having just absorbent tax increases, started taxing everything, and the tax collectors would literally just show up at people's houses. They did the same thing in England. This is one of the reasons why the United States was formed, because England was completely and totally corrupt with the taxes over there. They would come in and say, okay, by the way, it's no longer 20% on this product you're producing. It's now 50%, and if you don't pay the 50%, we're seizing all the product you just produced. And these manufacturers would go, what are you talking about, dude? I, I, there's no profit margin in this. Doesn't matter. King said 50%. You got to pay it right now. We're seizing everything, and we're throwing you basically in the you know, the brig and the in jail. Like, I can't. If I, if I give you all this money, I will have no more money to produce anything else. Sorry. Doesn't matter. Wrong answer. Go to jail, and we seize all your stuff now. That is a tyrannical society. That is what we built the United States on to prevent that from happening. And we've gone full circle right back into it. So anytime you have the opportunity to operate outside of the matrix, which cash is king, gold and silver are king, they are always the things that you can use outside of the matrix. Continue to use them, support them, and continue to encourage others to do the same thing. What do you think, Ted? A great opening segment, Austin. Uh, you're, you're right. I mean, the thing about it is, is that there's so many people out there that are starting to wake up. They're starting to understand what's going on in the United States. Uh, last, last night I was talking to a friend, and they were talking about, well, I'm not into conspiracy theories. And I said to them, I said, well, neither am I. I said, you know, we try to at least vet a source by three to four different articles and three to four different sources before we basically bring it onto the show. The problem is the stuff that we talk about is obscured by mainstream media, and nobody wants to talk about it in the mainstream because, like you just said, Austin, you know, the groups that own everything are the BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard through circular ownership, and that's how they're keeping the stock market afloat. Uh, they keep rebuying their own stock, rebuying the other people's stocks, and having the banks funnel huge amounts of money into them for unlimited amounts of capital, it seems. 
I'll say the output on it seems. And so it's just this giant Ponzi scheme is coming to a screech and halt. That's why they're trying to go into a digital currency. They can have an easier job controlling the, the Ponzi scheme. But the, it's, like, it's like Jay Hoover said. It was that quote I quoted you today. I'm quoting it loosely about when you finally realize what's going on, you come face to face with a conspiracy so monstrous you can't believe that it exists. And that's what we found ourselves in here with, this, with the United States and with the world. And we kind of sit back and we just talk about it. We go, well, that's all interesting. It's all really nice. I really don't want to be involved in any of this. And quite frankly, if I am, you know, I'm going to make sure I'm awake when I'm involved in it and make sure that I'm going to do what's right. And this is something that always happens you know, in a republic or in a government that becomes controlled by special interest groups and can, gets controlled through bribery and through blackmail. And we've seen this over and over and over. This is how Rome came down. And they started. They stopped using just money. They started doing unjust scales. They started borrowing the money from the money changers. They started basically having contractions of their money supply. They started letting all kinds of immigrants come into their country that basically weren't Romans. They stopped raising little Romans. They got super corrupted at the senatorial level. Then they went to a dictatorship, and then the dictatorship got ridiculous. Started killing people and hanging them on crosses. On and on and on and on. It's just the destruction of Western civilization as it continues. A perfect example of what happens when you tell the truth on this stuff. You start talking about it. Fierce backlash. Project Veritas sidelines James O'Keefe after Pfizer bombshells. Now, this is going to really frost you guys. The board of directors of Project Veritas on Wednesday placed its founder and chairman, the guy who started it, James O'Keefe, on paid leave as it reportedly moves to oust him for his leadership position. The organization's executive director informed employees of the news via an internal message that said O'Keefe would be taking a few weeks of well-reserved time off. Widespread reports of a hostile takeover point to a more insidious long game at play with a move coming after two bombshell undercover video reports from Project Veritas that showed Pfizer research scientists discussing the company's gain-of-function work to maximize vaccine profits. And, you know, this is just crazy. About 10 employees aired their grievances about James, which essentially boiled down to him being a tough boss to work for. At the end of the six-hour struggle session, Tiraman, a federal board member, John Carvey, put him on leave and stripped him of all authority. It was literally a Stalinist kangaroo court trial. The thing that is so very profound to me is that no one seems to grasp John Carvey and the rest of the board did nothing to stop it. Mark Tyerman said it was all scripted. I'm not going to read the rest of it because it's got language goes sideways. Project Veritas board is slated to meet on Friday when O'Keefe's potential ouster will be discussed. As you know, <laughs> as one source told the intelligence, the backlash from all fronts was fierce and furious when the news broke about the brewing coup. Absolute madness if he's being forced out just weeks after Project Veritas celebrates one of the greatest ever journalistic investigations with which O'Keefe was initially involved. There's no Project Veritas without James O'Keefe, Candace Owens tweeted. I say this as a donor to the organization, but more importantly, as a colleague who watched him pour everything he had into Project Veritas over the years. The monies and the supporters will follow James. Project Veritas board of directors tried to deflect the heat. Shifting blame on corporate media for fanning flames and posting response to the backlash. Despite what corporate media tries to portray about our organization, know this. We have never been more motivated and more dedicated to our submission before. Fans, supporters, and colleagues of O'Keefe were less than impressed and continue to express their support for the investigative journalist. I'm going to say this just as bluntly as I can. You know, O'Keefe is basically a victim of somebody got to somebody on this board. In my opinion, this is my opinion. We've got to ask, we have to ask the question, has somebody gotten paid off by some other manufacturing person who basically works with the big drug firms? That's the question, isn't it? Did some account get set up? Was an envelope of cash handed? I mean, what the heck happened? I mean, I don't know. I'm just asking questions here. 
But why in the world would they take a guy who's built an organization that is this powerful in the alt media and expose so many different things over and over and over again? And now suddenly he's being thrown out. And, and it saddens me because, I mean, he's the founder and he's the president. And if he had done something very egregious, I mean, really bad or whatever, lied about something or did something horrible, yeah, maybe. But where the thing is, that he's hard to work for as a boss. He's demanding. That's where we're going to boot him out now. And, and here's the problem that you always run into when you do this. How much more compromise is going to happen to the organization after he leaves? These people want to take over his position is that because they really want to be able to control the money and the purse strings and the contributions and the donations. Are they trying to figure out a way to you know become more wealthy or more you know how should I say? I'm trying. I'm trying to be really careful what I'm saying right now. Are they trying to find out a way how to line their own pockets? I'm asking questions. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. This whole thing was a mess and it continues to be a mess. By the way, Steve Kirsch came out with a really good Substack. And I don't even know what to say about this one. But, of course, we already knew the data was real, so we just need to talk about it. Studying new data pulled from the Medicare database shows that how each shot increases your risk of death. We can now see very clearly what's going on with shot number one, where shot one bumps your risk of death by about 20%. Bump, 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 shot two bumps at another 20%, and shot three bumps at another 30%. And gathering data from Medicare, but a consistent picture is emerging with Medicare participants for under 80 years of old. Shot one will increase it by 100, about 20%, like I said, in about 150 days. Due to the limitations of Medicare data, missing vaccination data on nearly half the records, it's not clear whether the shots reduced the risk of death from COVID. We need data that public health authorities refuse to provide. If the shots work, they'd want to make that data public. Keeping the data under wraps suggests the shots not only make you more likely to die from all causes, but also make you more likely to die from COVID. This is a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty awful article, actually. And when, they, when you look at the data... This is uh, Medicare data for those under 80 pulled from all 50 states. The graphs and deaths are after vaccine shot by the day. So the back value of the access of the access means 100 times. Them. I'm not going to repeat that. It gets into technical stuff as far as how they interpret the results. But guys, listen to me. You know, this is the same thing that we've talked about. You know, what's going to happen and what's going to continue to happen with all of the people that have taken the shots. And, and sadly, we sit back and we watch it. We kind of just shake our head. We go, gosh, we don't want to be right about this. We didn't want to be right about how this has happened. You know, last night I was on with Jeff Rents, and we were talking about the groups that were directly involved with the COVID shot and the ones who were running it. And if you guys missed the Jeff Rents show last night, you need to listen to that one. I got to preach pretty good on that one. I got to talk about Jesus being the escape thing that we have as far as the exit strategy from the planet that we have. And we need to understand who Christ is and what he's done for us and how with Christ all things are possible. We really need to get that. So if you get a chance, listen to the Jeff Rents show from last night. And speaking about the annihilation of Christianity and mankind – I'm going to read part of this to you because it's part of it I don't agree with, uh, but I'm going to read part of it to you. A Jesuit priest, uh, which that doesn't make me feel warm and fuzzy being a Jesuit, Robert McTeague explained the annihilation of Christianity and mankind. It it seems like there's nothing left for us to eradicate. Our annihilation by nuclear weapons will be redundant. I'm going to repeat that. It seems that there is nothing left of us to eradicate. Our annihilation by nuclear weapons will be redundant, which I don't think will happen anyhow. It's going to be through bioweapons. Consider the timeline. 1517, Martin Luther, because of the compromise of the Catholic Church, selling indulgences and refusing to let the parishioners read the Bible by refusing to allow anything to be read other than Latin, which they did not speak in the churches as far as the people. The, but Martin Luther had a whole bunch of grievances he tacked onto the, the, the cathedral there and said, you guys got to fix this. That was 1517. 1789, the French Revolution started. We had another big, big purge in the Christianity. 
19th century, Darwin and Marx reject the creator. This is when we started doing all of the stuff as far as, how should I say, natural selection and, and, you know, and evolution. The 1960s, a sexual revolution separating sex from fertility, no longer reserving sex for marriage, curtailing or excluding fertility within marriage. The sexual revolution denies human nature across the physical, spiritual, social dimensions. And this timeline represents the progressive evacuation of the divine and the human, which basically he describes as a process of incremental annihilation. That's a good term, incremental annihilation. The dynamic, already far-reaching, begins to broaden in scope. 1970s, this is the rise of the abortion cult, which it is. When they sacrifice their children to Baal and a masher and Moloch, and it's a sacrificial ritual for a lot of these people who are involved in this. This is a consequence of the contraception cult, where the future cannot be canceled through contraceptions and must be killed via an abortion. I like that. Where the future cannot be canceled through contraception and must be killed via abortion. In 2000s, the past is an enemy. Cultural amnesia is induced by a variety of methods, including revisionist narratives, re-imaging historical events, and more recently, the removal of monuments, names, symbols, and even corpses. This is true. In the 2010s, through making of erasure of the individual, the individual sacred in Christianity, one among the undifferentiated masses of Marxism, cut from the past, future, and fellows, has nothing left but to be unsatisfied and unsatisfactory self. I'm going to stop here for a second. I'm going to, I'm going to repeat this one. I'm going to comment on this because this is, this, is, this is actually a lot deeper than it sounds. The making and the erasure of the individual. When you're a Christian, that means God came to you according to the word of God. Christ came for you and to die for you as a you know, sacrifice, as you as an individual. That means whether your name is Bob or Joe or Mary or Dawn or whoever you are, God came to die for you through Jesus. He makes you an individual that can have an individual relationship with God Almighty. Very, very important. The individual is sacred in Christianity, but in Marxism, you are only one of the undifferentiated masses, which means you don't mean anything. It's like being part of the board collective. That's what Marxism is. This cuts you off from the past future and fellows and has nothing left but to be unsatisfied and unsatisfactory self i've spoken to so many people and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna meddle for one second here i'm 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 not i'm gonna i'm I'm trying to be really careful with this all right i think a really good a good self-esteem is important i think a self-esteem of knowing who you are in christ jesus a good self-esteem of knowing that god himself came down as jesus and died for you and knowing that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I, I, I will be glad and I will be you know, happy in it. Okay, All of these things we need to understand that as Christians we get to lay hold of because we have a personal relationship with Christ Jesus. The only thing that will make us happiness is the righteous peace and joy through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I spoke to an individual last night and they were talking about how they were from they were from Holland, and they were talking about how the United States is caught up into the how should I say it, you know, accumulation culture, in that you never have enough, you never have enough, you know, money, you never have enough, you know, guns, you never have enough homes, you never have enough cars, you never have enough anything, because we've been so programmed by Madison Avenue through Karl Marx and through Edward Bernays and Sigmund Freud to believe the lie. That the more stuff you accumulate, the happier you're going to be and the more peace you're going to have and the higher your self-esteem is as you accept yourself as far as being just an animal 
with sexual appetites and sexual desires, and you don't really care if you have sex with one person or a hundred people this year, the one person being your wife, you know, that you're going to be married to, and you become just an animalistic person in your behavioral patterns in order to achieve happiness. Now, I'm meddling a little bit this morning, but I'm just going to be real with you guys. You know, it doesn't make any difference if you don't have a relationship with Christ. You will never be happy in the long run. You can go from happenings, one thing after another thing after another thing, that will bring you happiness for a little short period of time, but you're always going to have a God-shaped vacuum on the inside of you that only God himself and Jesus Christ and the infilling of the Holy Spirit can take care of. And it doesn't matter if you go from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship. It's important that you understand that those will never make you happy. That's why people go from marriage to marriage to relationship to relationship, from job to job, from you know car to car, from this to that, this to that, always trying to find the perfect formula to bring you peace on the inside, which is what we're talking about now is peace. And it's the righteousness, peace, and joy from the infilling of the Holy Spirit that brings you the contentment that allows you to be one with God and realize, listen to me, whatever you accumulate on this planet, whatever you acquire, whatever you do while you're here, it's nice. I, I got I to gotta say that. But you ain't taking it with you, and you're not going to be here forever. We've got a real short lifespan based on eternity here, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years, whatever that is, compared to the vastness of eternity. We're, we're an insignificant spectus here. James says we're but a vapor and then we're gone. And when you pace, you take your whole life trying to accumulate stuff, you got, then you got to buy a warehouse. you got to buy another garage. you got to buy another shed and on and on and on to put your stuff in. Or, or you're a hoarder and you hoard stuff, or you're a miser and you stack money in a mattress somewhere, and then someone, after you die, takes and spends it all anyhow. you got to ask yourself a question. What is the real purpose of you being here? In Ecclesiastes, the final couple of verses, it kind of sums it up. It says the whole purpose, the whole duty of man is to serve God and obey his commandments because all of these different things that we do will be brought into basically into the vision of God Almighty. Now, because we're under a new covenant with God through Christ – there won't be a judgment on us as Christians as far as that kind of stuff because we're saved by grace through faith, but we're going to get a reward in heaven based upon what we were able to do here and the amount of people that we're able to work with. I'm so blessed that I get all these letters that ask Dr. Ted B at yahoo.com from you guys and how you've changed your life. You've changed your walk with God. You've become a Christian because of this show, because of me and Austin and what we teach you and preach to you and all the other things that we do, and we're giving you a formula by doing what we do with this show to allow you – to have eternal peace and joy, and if you want to use the word happiness, you can, but that's just based on happenings, and it's temporary. It's the righteous peace and joy through the infilling of the Holy Spirit that changes everything. So don't get caught up in the worries and cares of this world. I mean, it's, we're only here for a little while. I close my eyes, and I think, and I was in college. I was 20 years old. You know, I, I just won the Mr. Tallahassee contest. I mean, I was in incredible condition. You know, never took steroids, and I was huge. I worked out all the time. And it was yesterday in my mind because of the way time is, because time's not linear like we think it is. And all of a sudden, I think now, well, I'm, I'm 67 now, and I'm still in great shape, but I'm not in the shape I was when I was 20. You know, I lost my wife last year. She passed away. And, and the reality is, is that we're all going to pass away. And getting upset about things in this world and making your life based upon different people that you're with or different things you accumulate – and not filling that God-shaped vacuum 
that you have on the inside with God, the Holy Spirit, and with Jesus is an empty promise of a nothing's tomorrow. It doesn't work like that, guys. You've got to think through your entire life and what you're doing with your life. Reach out and help people. Teach them about Jesus. You know, if you're dating somebody who's not a Christian, take them to church with you. If they're not willing to go to church with you and not willing to learn about Christ, you might want to cut bait. Just don't mention that and say, I'm done. I can't deal with this because the Bible tells me not to be unequally yoked. And all of this stuff is important that you understand that if we're going to achieve a relationship with someone, if we're going to achieve the true joy from the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the most important relationship that we can possibly have is with the Most High God through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. And I know I'm being a little preachy this morning, but so many people get caught up in stuff all the time, and the stuff will never, ever, ever make you happy. And we just need to understand that. And I understand that I've probably been a little redundant on that this morning, but this is not scripted. And I, but I, I have to understand, realize that you know this group of people that are leading this planet right now that have led this planet for thousands and thousands of years, they don't have your best interest at heart. <laughs> they really don't care about you. But guys, listen to me. The same power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And then we've got a reward in heaven when it's all said and done. And that's for eternity. That's not for 80 years. That's forever. And people bargain their whole life away and lose their eternal perspective and realize later in life that it cost them too much, that there are other things. I've never heard anybody say on their deathbed yet, oh, my gosh, I wish I'd have spent more time at work. Oh, my gosh, I wish I could have done more reports at work. Oh, my gosh. It didn't work that way. It's always, I wish I'd have spent more time with my family. Oh, God, I love my family. Man, did I blow it. Should have spent more time with them. But I was out there chasing that dollar, chasing that dollar, chasing that dollar to buy more stuff. And now I'm leaving all the stuff behind anyhow. So what difference did it make? Always remember that. I remember Jim Rohn said that when he was in his elderly years and he was doing his tapes. And he finally said it cost too much. The things that I did when I was young, it cost me too much. And, you know, he lost he went to multiple marriages, and, and he just realized at the end that he should have done what he should have done, but he should have put the eternal perspective into that. And that's what we all have to do is put the eternal perspective. The end of this article goes on to say the human rejection of God and man, the destruction and even the devouring of the past and the future. These lead to the nihilistic dynamic described that the commerce have continued and cease under the view there can be no proper beginning, middle, and the end of human history. It doesn't go anywhere mean anything. It will simply cease when there's nothing left to eradicate. What he's saying is these people are basically so absorbed in destroying you that they will destroy themselves. Because remember, it's like I say to you so many times, these entities that rule this planet, they are so jealous of you because you have a soul. They absolutely loathe you because you're made in the image of God, and they want to be like you, and they can't. And so they're going to destroy it all. They're going to be the ones that are going to just burn it down. I can't have it. Burn it all down. And that's what they're in the process of doing. And it is sad to me that this is the way it is now. And these people are basically doing all of these things and continuing to do all these things. I mean, it, it, I mean, it, it grieves. It really does grieve my spirit because right now, same-sex marriages, this is the same, are to receive blessings in the Church of England. And you think, well, that's just another sign of the end of the times. That's exactly right. It is because what's happened is Satan has come out of the closet. 
We saw that with the Grammys the other night, didn't we? And all those different big things they do with the Super Bowl halftime and all the rest of it. Satan has come out of the closet. The gates of hell have been opened. And the demonic entities that have infiltrated this planet could it be through CERN, could it be through all kinds of other things. Could be just the fact that evil has gotten so pervasive now that they're finding a good home here. They're continuing to do what they do on an ongoing basis to destroy the United States and destroy the planet. The good news to hear, though, is House Republicans and 42 Democrats have now voted to stop D.C. from giving illegal aliens the right to vote. I mean, you get somebody coming in from another country, they don't even belong here, they're not a citizen, but they want to give them the right to vote. Of course they do, because that's part of Cloward and Piven's strategy to destroy the infrastructure of the United States through overwhelming amounts of social welfare systems that bankrupt the United States. And I have to give Victoria White credit and i feel sorry for this girl gosh that january 6th was a nightmare she was beaten by police on her head with a metal baton on january the 6th she's declined the plea deal good for her she was in the tunnel you didn't even get to see the tunnel that's what they really beat the people in the tunnel victoria white the minnesota woman showed on security video being beaten by the police in the lower west tunnel at the u.s capitol during the tunnel they're not even in the building was has decided to reject a plea offer from the federal prosecutors after she met with several members of the republican controlled house of representatives and the u.s district house judge the u.s district judge john d bates has a plea hearing scheduled for 11:30 eastern standard time the federal courthouse in washington well, things are changing, White 41 told the Epic Times in a text message. Asked if she was going to decline the plea deal. She replied, yes. I honestly never wanted to take it in the first place. White was among a group of people who attended the January 6, 2021 Capitol breach, breach, a breach that met with the congressional representatives on the Capitol on February the 6th and 7th. White said the group sat down with Republican Lauren Boebert about investigating January 6th and the murders on the January 6th <clears throat> mistreatment. <clears throat> Excuse me. Lack of an actual fair trial, the political prisoners, the weaponization of the feds against us. We also spoke with Representative Byron Donald from Florida. The January 6, 21 group included Ashley Babbitt's mother, Mickey Whithoff, and I list the rest of them. On January 7th, she posted on Twitter, I will not be taking the plea deal. And you know what? i got to give her kudos on that. She ended up because she could end up having some kind of judge who's a nightmare and end up going to prison for a long time or have a jury or whatever. Who knows what's going to happen? She's in the tunnel. She wasn't in a building. She gets beaten with a baton. Now they want her to take the plea deal. What a mess. Uh, what do you think, Austin? What's your next story? Well, everything about January 6th was completely and totally out of control, not just from a government standpoint, but from what we've seen now with the prosecutors and the Department of Justice and everything. Um, it's been an absolute nightmare. And there were people there that you know were acting a fool, and there were people that vandalized certain things or stole certain things. And I have not one single time ever justified that type of behavior. But when you've got people that are walking around outside and walking up the stairs and walking through tunnels, and all of a sudden they're being beaten for walking around the Capitol, remember, these guys are unarmed. This, this, this is the, one of the issues I've always had before with some certain types of law enforcement rules where you have individuals that are unarmed, no weapon, no provocation as far as any type of firearm on their person, no knife, no nothing, and they're walking around, and suddenly law enforcement feels like they have the right to start beating somebody with deadly force. I've used and trained with batons. I actually trained with Bostas when I was in karate and taekwondo, and there is no question whatsoever about it, a Bostaff or Bokata or baton, is extremely deadly if trained properly. I mean, you can crack somebody's skull within one to two strikes. You can break somebody's neck. You can crack ribs. 
There's all kinds of effective strike points on that. And when you start saying, well, it's okay, it's justified that they're beating somebody with a baton in the head while other cops are holding her down because they're walking through a tunnel, it's completely and totally out of line. And I think, I hope, if this goes to trial, you're going to have a jury there that's going to look at this, and they're going to be unbiased about the government propaganda they've heard for the last two years. They're going to go, there has to be some type of law and order, and there has to be some type of real-world consequences when you start having government officials act way beyond the scope. I mean, there's still hundreds of people in D.C. that are being held without pretrial release. This has been going on, guys, for two years now. Two years this has been ongoing, yet – told you guys earlier this week, you have 150 grand, grown tranny clowns that invade the Oklahoma Capitol and take it over beginning of the week. You guys heard all the stories on that? CNN? Yahoo? You hear them all? I'm talking about it? Insurrection of the Oklahoma building by trannies? No. You didn't hear hardly anything about it. It was a mostly peaceful protest. Why? Well, because that doesn't fit the narrative. It's rules for thee and not for me when the Bolsheviks, when the revolutionaries, when the trannies are doing their job, they're not going to prosecute them. It's exactly what we've seen now all across the country with all these continual things that occur with one side can do it and the other side can't. It's completely and totally egregious. So I commend her for not taking a plea deal. We're going to see where this goes. And I really hope it gets some traction because this level of lunacy that has now infected the American population where we're actually – we're going along now and we're starting to pander to the mentally insane is so far-fetched. I saw an article earlier here now from the Women's Surf League about um, one of the main surfers, Bethany Hamilton. If you guys know Bethany, Bethany Hamilton, she was an extremely – Good surfer in 2003. She overcame a very, very vicious shark attack to her left arm, and she was able to basically recover from it. And uh, would I mean without an arm? And she's worked really hard to resume competition and actually go to win first place in the NSSA national competition just a year after her injury. I mean, this this girl's a fighter, and uh, she was actually the main story lead. If you ever seen the film Soul Surfer, turned into a Christian international role model and a really good girl. And she came out now and said that she will no longer be competing in any aspect of the World Surf League anymore now that they're allowing biological males, biological males, men that are pretending to be women to compete against actual women. She said, I'm done. I will be stepping out about this, and I will be looking at actually starting a her own league. They're going to look at making an own league for real women surfers instead of this nonsensical, moronic ideology of saying that a grown man can go compete against women because at that point, it's no longer women's sport. It's a mixed sport. Now, if you want to call it that, <laughs> and that's what you want to make it, and you want to say, well, this is going to be men and women competing against one another head-to-head, and that's what it's going to be, then – it's up to them if they want to go side to do this, or they can go choose to be in a women's sport. But this concept of having grown men that are pervert, in my opinion, most of them are pedophiles the way they act. That they want to go run around and hang out with women and expose themselves. I just saw an article the other day about that uh, um, swimmer, the one that won the uh, whole national championship, 6'4", grown male. And now a bunch of women have now essentially been vocal about the fact that he goes in the locker room with them now and exposes his genitalia to them. Grown man, 6'4", grown man. They're in the locker room changing naked, and he comes in there and strips down in front of them and starts looking at them. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. No, it's totally, it's totally cool, guys, because remember, he, he's a woman. 
he, he's a woman. He sure doesn't look like a woman. Oh, no, don't. It's, it's okay. He's a woman. You know, you can't. It, it, he's okay. He's, he's a woman. It's, it's okay. If you say anything about it, you're transphobic and you're neo-Nazi and you're racist and you're anti-Semitic and you're homophobic. So you can't say anything about it, of course, because we're going to ban you. Guys, this has never been anything in society that is normal except when you go back to the old times when every thought of every man was evil all of the time. Hence why they're trying to push everything to that. You know, there's a reason why. And I had this brief discussion last night with my friends, you know, because a topic got brought up of when the children of Israel were going into the promised land, God told them to devote every person in the city to be completely destructed by the sword. And he blatantly said, the city within, it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. And it wasn't because you guys are good being good people. He said it's because the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out before you, not because of your righteousness or upright heart you are going in to possess this land, because the wickedness of these nations, the Lord your God is driving them out from before you, and that you may confirm the word that the Lord swore to your fathers. That's interesting. You can go back to Deuteronomy. So you should devote them to complete destruction. The Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Hezrites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, as the Lord commanded, that they may not teach you according to all their abominable practices that they have been doing with their gods, and so you sin against the Lord your God. That was Deuteronomy twenty sixteen through 18. Same thing that's brought up in Joshua. He just goes, shout for the Lord has given you the city, and the city all that is within shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall live. Remember, this is because that she helped hide the, uh, the spies. They said because she hid the messengers. This is verse 21. Then they devoted all in the city to destruction, both men and women, young and old, every living thing, oxen, sheep, donkey, with the edge of the sword. <laughs> goes on and in first Samuel fifteen two three. I have noted that the Amalek did to Israel in opposing them on the way when they came up out of Egypt. Now go and strike Amalek and devote to destruction all that they have. Do not spare them, both kill man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. There's repeated references to this in the Bible. That's the Old Testament, so don't send me a bunch of literature about how everything changed between the two. What I'm saying is, is this the reason why I'm getting to this, my whole point. There is a level of depravity and sadistic behavior that knows no bounds when it follows Satanism. This is what we're watching occur in the United States. Clearly, we saw that with the Grammys the other night. The reason why a just God said to them, kill every living thing, both man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey, because Everything had been corrupted all the way down to their DNA. They were all practiced and trained in all types of manners of perversion. They had no limits. Everything was open between incest, adultery, bestiality, homosexuality, sorcery, necromancy, child sacrifice. Everything they were doing was based in wickedness. God said there's nothing that can live here. Every living thing has to die. This is exactly what we're watching happen right now here in the United States with this utter and complete perversion being promoted as the new progressiveness. This is the new cool thing. This is the thing to talk about with your kids. You need to talk about your kids why they need to be 67 different genders. None of that is okay in God's eyes. None of it is acceptable in a civilized Christian society is an abomination. This is why I have been so vocal about it, because once you start allowing a society to go to this level of depravity, especially exposing the children to it, there are no limits of how sadistic it becomes. 
This is why it is so important to protect your children the best you possibly can. Teach them, teach them and train them in the biblical laws. Continually bring them upright. And as far as also encourage your family and friends to do the same. You know, be try to be an example like that said. Just something it's simple when you're out in public with all of your family together and praying out loud. Do it all the time. It was funny. We I went out to dinner a couple of nights ago with Lana and me and the kids to come out. And we were praying before our meal, and the waitress, real nice waitress, walked up and was asking something about what we had ordered right in the middle of our prayer, and she stopped right in the middle of it. It took a step back. I finished praying, and she goes, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt that. I was just trying to clarify something. I said, dude, it's fine. I said, well, what's going on? She asked the question. She said, again, I'm really sorry. It's not that I'm sitting there doing it to try to get some type of you know response out of people. It's the fact that I'm showing reverence in public out loud that I appreciate what God has blessed me with, and I'm thanking him in front of my family. I'm not there to oppress anybody else, but what it does do is if somebody walks up and they see that, it establishes that they go, wow, that's okay, all right. No matter if you believe me, if you don't believe me, if you agree with me, you don't agree with me, I don't care. You will know one thing. I do have a conviction, and I will hold to my convictions no matter what they are. I will stand firm on them, and that is something that Americans have to remain and have to regrow, so to speak. The spine has to be rebuilt for the United States. This concept of being just this little you know, stepping on tulips, don't want to offend anybody, walk through the bushes real softly. I don't want to get anybody upset now. I don't want to make anybody feel offended. I want to make sure everybody feels inclusive no matter how perverted they are i want to make sure everybody's you know happy happy even when they're talking to my children about pedophilia behavior and exposing themselves no guys it's not okay if you know something's wrong if you know it to be bad get rid of it step away from it at the very least make sure your children are not exposed to it because god was very clear in the old testament again that was old testament and i'm not recommending any type of violence towards individual but that is how strongly god felt about that in the old testament because of the perversion that these people were involved in they still did it then they still do it today they're the same ones that were the pharisees they're the same ones that were the money changers and they're the same ones that are running the show now behind the scenes it's never changed with them they know exactly what to do but again Again, it's our job to expose it for what it is and then encourage people to continue to stand firm in their convictions and what they believe. What do you think, Dad? Wow, wow. That was a good segment, Austin. Uh, very well said. But you have, to, you have to stand firm in your convictions. And I want to thank you guys, too, because you guys have been just incredible to us. I mean, you get your toothpaste and your deodorant and your vitamins from us, and you make this show possible without a bunch of commercials and having to pay, you know, to have 35 minutes with 37 worth minutes with commercials on a one-hour talk show. And then the other day, somebody sent us some uh, silver, some silver, some American Eagles for me in Austin. And I really appreciate that. You know, you guys are so kind. And, you know, you guys are – I'm not asking you to send me silver. I'm not asking that. I'm just saying thank you for that. It means, it means the world to me that you guys are so thoughtful and you think about us like that. And we consider you guys to be family. We really, really do. And quite frankly, I mean, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, to me, it's a genuine pleasure to do this show every day because – if we're not doing the show every day for you guys and doing what we say to do as far as being bold for the Bible and being bold for Jesus, like also being bold and praying out loud in a restaurant, then we're not going to make a difference here. We have to be a we have to we have to scratch the record, so to speak. You know, we've got to make them say, well, wait a minute. There's somebody who's not bowing a knee to bail. There's somebody who's not compromised. There's somebody who still serves the most high God. We got to be those people so that other people will become bolder. Because of that, and they'll do the same thing and realize that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And I want to thank you again for your support. 
I just it means the world to me. I want to thank you for your prayer times that you have with us and the praying for your family members and those of you who actually asked me to pray for that person that I know that basically is having all kinds of problems because it's making a huge difference, by the way. Uh, they're actually coming around and talking about Jesus again and talking about going to church again. Thank you for that. Please keep those prayers going. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Have a wonderful, blessed weekend. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Or I'm sorry, Monday. Bye-bye. 100%. Hope everybody has an incredibly awesome weekend. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy your family. Enjoy whatever you're getting involved in and be safe. And thank you again for the support of Health Masters. Like I said, be sure to check out the product of the week, the N-acetylcysteine on sale right now at healthmasters.com. And also, too, sign up for the free weekly newsletter. Got different stuff coming out here and uh, the new website's starting to come together pretty good. Hoping to have this thing operational by the beginning of March. Got a lot of really cool items and stuff we're going to have on it's going to be super super easy to use and adapted to all the new upgrades that have continually been coming out over the last couple of years on phones and everything else just staying up with the times to make it as easy as possible for everyone including auto ship with discounts on that if you want to stay on a two week four week six week eight week and uh, we ship it to you immediately at a discounted rate so be sure to be ready for that and on the lookout maximum energy kit on sale along with the healthy testosterone support kit thank you my friends If you need anything, 1-800-726-1834. Stay strong. Stay healthy. Have a fantastic weekend. We'll talk to you again on this show Monday as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.